You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Most of you guys know that. At Ross Tucker NFL on social media, all the shows and the highlight clips at Ross Tucker Pod. The star of this show is Joe Dolan. He is the man. Just Google fantasy rankings, fantasy analysts. He'll come up. He's on social at FG underscore Dolan. And he's one of the owners over at FantasyPoints.com. Make sure if you want that info, you throw the code in there, 23FEAST, so you get the special discount that I have for you. Joe, there's no buys this week, which is really interesting for week eight in the NFL, which means we're going to dive right into it. And we'll start with the Thursday night game. It's the Bucks and the Bills. You know every week, I pick a stud and a value pick for DraftKings. For this week, my stud, I'm going with Mike Evans. $7,200. It feels like Baker Mayfield and Evans have a really good connection. We know the issues the Bills have had at outside corner, especially after the injury to Javius White. I'll pay the $7,200 for Mike Evans. Then my value play, Dalton Kincaid's still only $3,200. Dawson Knox just had wrist surgery. Yep. I don't know when Dawson Knox is coming back. So give me Dalton Kincaid for $3,200 all day, Joe. Ross, uh, I think we can skip this game. Great analysis on your part. No, there's a couple of things that, uh, that I do want to touch on. Um, number one is the Buccaneers' backfield. They're, they're clearly grasping for something. Like they're trying to get Keyshawn Vaughn going to see if they can get a run game outside of Rashad White. The problem is... Every back that they have tried has been significantly worse than Rashad White. Like, it, they're still not running the ball well, but uh, Rashad White's averaging about one yard before contact per rush attempt. Vaughn is at negative yards before contact per rush attempt. So with the poor blocking the Buccaneers have up front, at least White is doing something. And here is the one thing that it maybe if you still have Rashad White, you're firing him up as a flex or what have you. The Bills are giving up 3.7 yards after contact per rush attempt this year, which is by far the most in the NFL per fantasy points data. And maybe it's not surprising. They have injuries to Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver, the defensive tackles, and their best second-level defender, Matt Milano, uh, is, is, is injured as well. He's on IR. So maybe this is a week for the Buccaneers to maybe get Rashad White going. We at least saw him catch six passes last week for 65 yards, which is really good if you're in a PPR league. But that's what I'm interested to see on the Buccaneers' side of the football. So what was that stat again? The Bills lead the NFL in giving up yards after contact per rush attempt, 3.7 yards. That is by far the most in the NFL. That's over a third of a yard more than the Carolina Panthers, who are second in that stat. 
Wow. All right, what about the Bills on offense? They, they've they been taking a while to get going in these games. Yeah, last week was like kind of a classic Bill Belichick kind of thing, right? You know, Stephon Diggs doesn't have a huge game, and so the Bills have to go elsewhere. Um, Dalton Kincaid obviously is a mid to high range tight end one. He led them in targets last week, uh, with Dawson Knox now injured. Um, and, and I would continue, I would see if that's something that the bills are going to continue doing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, obviously Ross, you already brought it up, but that's the guy I'm interested to see in this matchup. Let's get to some of the Sunday one o'clock games. The Texans are back off of their bye, playing the Panthers also off of their bye. Well, the Panthers, like I just said. There is a, there is a, they are uh, second most yards after contact per rush attempt allowed. And there is a really interesting situation going on here. And there is an opportunity. Normally, Ross, I don't give out waiver recommendations on this show because we, we record it on Wednesday and it's published Wednesday and Thursday. So a lot of waivers have run by then. There is a name, could be on your waiver wire. He was available in 86% of Yahoo leagues last I checked. I would not be stunned if Devin Singletary takes over this backfield. You know, that uh, Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Texans, kind of had a word salad quote last week that was like, well, you know, Damian is th- this and that, but, you know, he's not really – it essentially amounted to he's not really a great fit for the, for the zone run game. He's more of a gap scheme kind of guy. And last week – or excuse me, two weeks ago, their last game – Damian Pierce had a season low in snap share, carry share, and target share. Devin Singletary played on more snaps and finished with exactly as many touches as Damian Pierce. I don't think Bell Cow is coming for Dame, for Devin Singletary, but this might be a guy who, in an offense that's better than we anticipated because C.J. Stroud has played so well, I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Singletary has some flex value going forward. Wow. All right, what about Carolina. Well, the, the story for Carolina is also the backfield. You know, Frank Reich said this week that they're going to go with a hot hand approach. And quite frankly, they spent all that money for Miles Sanders and go get your bag, Miles. I have no, I have no, nothing against Miles Sanders getting his bag, but Chuba Hubbard's outplayed him. So Chuba Hubbard is not a guy who, if Miles Sanders is healthy, you should be dropping because there's a chance they ride the hot hand in this backfield uh, as they try to protect Bryce Young. Bryce Young's obviously had a rough go of it. Um, Adam Thielen's been a hammer wide receiver one, but that hasn't been enough. I think they're going to want to run the ball, and I wouldn't be surprised if Chuba Hubbard maintains some value going forward. Let's move on to the Rams at the Cowboys. What are we looking for in in this matchup? We got our first taste of the Rams with the new backfield. Yeah, and I I think backfields has really kind of been the theme of this show so far uh, because I I don't understand what Sean McVay's – relationship with his running backs is but they drafted Zach Evans he was the number two behind Kyron Williams for all these weeks and then as soon as Kyron Williams gets hurt they bring up Royce Freeman off the practice squad and Daryl Henderson who was on the street off the couch they roll him out of bed pick him up and start him and he's got 14 fantasy points because he scores the touchdown what this is going to be is going to be a Daryl Henderson Royce Freeman split Um, and I think for one of them to really make you happy You've got to get a touchdown. You did with Daryl Henderson last week. I think Henderson's the better bet, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Royce Freeman's the guy who gets the touchdown, if anybody gets the touchdown this week. Those are the only two guys you could play here. Henderson's the better option, but uh, I don't feel great about it. And the thing that I'm concerned about is 
Sean McVay is so notoriously fickle with his running backs. Like, are we sure Kyron Williams is even going to be the starter when he gets back? So it's uh, what what you got out of Kyron Williams was an RB1 for the first, like, six weeks of the season. And then, unfortunately, he got hurt in a game that was out of reach. Dallas coming off the bye, Joe. Thoughts there? Well, we're going to start keep going with backfields here. Tony Pollard was the most efficient running back in football last year. This year, he's been one of the most inefficient. Tony Pollard's expected fantasy points per game are second among all running backs. He's 13th in actual score. So his usage, his volume are excellent. Um, And I think it could be even better. Dallas, like, Dallas has been one of those teams that's either gotten blown out or has blown a team out. They haven't really, I guess their last game against the Chargers was competitive. Um, Only one of their six games decided by fewer than 12 points, and only two games were decided by fewer than 20 points so far. So Tony Pollard, I think, is a positive regression candidate once Dallas inevitably plays in a normal game that isn't a blowout from the start. Interesting. Um, Let's move on to the Vikings and the Packers. Vikings, how about Kirk Cousins, your guy, Kirk? Jordan Addison is a dude. I mean, they know how to draft. They know how to get receivers in Minnesota. And and I I look back and you see that Jordan Addison was the fourth wide receiver drafted. And you're like, man, these teams have this like threshold for – Oh, a guy's got to be 190 pounds or whatnot. And then you see guys like Devontae Smith and Jordan Addison going nuts. And you're like, yeah, maybe we should, maybe we should uh, rectify that. Now, Jordan Addison is awesome. And, and right now with, with Javon, by the way, Jordan Addison had the best wide receiver output for fantasy by a Vikings wide receiver this year in that game. So he did better than Justin Jefferson's done in any game so far this year. So Jordan Addison is absolutely balling out. There's no doubt about it. You fire him up as a wide receiver one uh, for as long as you possibly can. And and even when Justin Jefferson gets back, Jordan Addison's going to be a weekly wide receiver three, just like Adam Thielen was when he and Jordan and when he and Justin Jefferson were playing together. So pretty thrilled about this. Um, the other thing to watch for Minnesota. Alexander Madison and Cam Akers basically split the snaps down the middle uh, on Monday night. Uh, 55% of the snaps for Alexander Madison, 46% for Cam Akers. Uh, and Akers actually outcarried Madison, so both of them are kind of flex plays right now. Interesting. Um, all right, what about for the Packers? Kind of been ugly. I mean, Joe, even those two touchdown passes – for Jordan Love were very, I'll use the word, fortunate. Yeah, the uh, the one comes off the receiver's hand into the hands of Jaden Reed. Um, and the other one was a simultaneous catch, could have been picked. Mm-hmm. Now look, Christian Watson, we have to watch with his knee injury. Um, we'll see what his practice status is. They haven't practiced yet this week as we're recording this. Um, he, he's a guy who just can't stay on the field. Uh, and un- unfortunately... Uh, you know, he drew shadow coverage from Patrick Certain last week, then got hurt. Um, this is a kind of game where I would expect him to be able to put up numbers uh, if he's healthy, but I'm just not sure he's healthy. The other thing here is Aaron Jones was back, but A.J. Dillon still kind of worked as the as the lead back for the Packers. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue. They need explosive plays from someone, and they're not getting it from anyone. And Minnesota's run defense... Listen to this. 
We saw what happened um, against the Eagles back in week two. Since that game, though, after DeAndre Swift ran all over them, the Vikings have allowed only one explosive run. And it was to Valus Jones, a wide receiver. We we at Fantasy Points Data, we, we uh, describe an explosive run as runs of 15 or more yards. The Vikings have allowed just one since week two, uh, which was when DeAndre Swift shredded them. And all season, the Packers have only won. It was last week a 15-yarder from A.J. Dillon. So there is not a lot of explosion on this Packer offense if they don't have Christian Watson. They've got to try to get explosive plays from somebody. Joe, we'll talk about it in tomorrow's episode, the Ravens-Cardinals game that I'm calling for CBS. But it's wild. For the Diamondbacks on the Game Time app, World Series, it's over $500 a ticket. For the Cardinals game that I'm calling... You can get in for $11, $19, $20. Tickets are affordable for the Cardinals-Ravens, and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create an account and redeem code F-E-A-S-T for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What about the Saints and the Colts, Joe? Uh, the biggest bell cow in fantasy football has been Alvin Kamara. And if you were able to weather the storm of the three-game suspension, right now, everybody, this this is what I want people to remember about suspended players, and obviously Calvin Ridley hasn't exactly been great, but like, at the beginning of the year, people are like, no, I can't go three weeks without a, without a player, and then he falls to the 11th round. Alvin Kamara leads all players at all positions in expected fantasy points per game right now. He's getting like 57 targets a game. Derek Carr is captain check down. If his first read's not open, that ball's going to Kamara. And look, Kendra Miller, Jamal Williams, even with those guys back, Kamara played about three quarters of the snaps last week. So Alvin Kamara has been awesome. Um, the one thing to monitor for the Saints, and I don't think anything is going to come of this, uh, Chris Olave was arrested for speeding. Um, I, I, that to me doesn't look like something that's going to invoke immediate discipline. 
uh, or and maybe any discipline at all, but certainly something to watch if uh, the Saints themselves decide that Alave is subject to some uh, to some discipline, maybe like you know, like the old college always oh, bench for the first series or something like that. Alave hasn't been great for fantasy anyway, um, and I think that's on Derek Carr. But uh, so, certainly something to watch there for for the Saints. Uh, Jawan Johnson's expected to be back soon, by the way, the tight end. How about the Colts? It looked to me like Jonathan Taylor was starting to get his groove back, Joe. Yeah, and eventually you knew, even though um, Taylor and Zach Moss still kind of split the snaps, you knew that eventually he was going to look better um, than Zach Moss. But the thing here to watch is the fact that Gardner Minshew um, is really kind of targeting Michael Pittman and Josh Downs kind of the, about the same. Um, Downs, this guy's got really good ability, man, coming out of the slot. And I love exactly what I've seen of him. And, like, this is a guy who is still available in 70% of Yahoo leagues this week. He should be rostered in every single league. And I think he's a weekly kind of wide receiver three type of guy right now with how Gardner Minshew is targeting him. And he's also targeting these running backs significantly uh, in the backfield. Um, And I think Jonathan Taylor's role is going to just keep increasing. As you said, Ross, he might be the better receiver than Zach Moss. Um, And here is the key that will break down this backfield um, and will make your decisions easier for fantasy. Taylor had six carries and one target in the red zone last week. Moss did not have a carry or a target in the red zone. So they view Jonathan Taylor as their red zone back, and that's really important. Ooh, okay. Good to know. All right, what about the Patriots and the Dolphins? Well... The Patriots had a novel concept in that game against the Bills last week. They decided to give the ball to their good players. And instead of working, you know, Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster in and all this, they decided, you know what? Mac Jones has rapport with Kendrick Bourne. He He showed it two years ago. He showed it in week one. Somehow he went away. Well, he's back with two big games back to back. Pop Douglas, um, Demario Douglas, the rookie wide receiver. He he can run. Nobody else on this team can run. Well, he's out there. He's getting six targets. Ramondre Stevenson's getting six targets. They condense their offense a little bit, and they move the ball effectively. Mac Jones might have just played his best game in the NFL. I thought he was clean in that game. 25 of 30. Did not make any mistakes. Looked like he was comfortable with the football. Um, so I think Ramondre Stevenson's kind of an RB two cautiously and Kendrick Bourne is a wide receiver three right now for the Patriots. And of course, now they did a good job on Miami a few weeks ago when these two teams played, but I will say this, man, um, they, their Patriots are still going to have to put up points in this game. And if they're going to do so, it's going to be with Kendrick Bourne, um, and Ramondre Stevenson. Got it. All right. Um, on the other side, the Dolphins, they kind of got slowed down a little bit by that Eagles defense. That mm. was the worst that the Dolphins' offense had performed this year. Yeah, they got slowed down a lot of bit by the Eagles' defense. One offensive touchdown. Um, and I know Tyreek Hill dropped the touchdown, and then they had the face mask, but that was an ultimate ball-don't-lie moment. 
because Jalen Hurts threw that that I don't want to say fluky because it was a great play by the defender. That weird pick six on the on the next play, so the Dolphins didn't even really lose anything from that. But um, in the last meeting. Belichick did a great job on Tyree Kill. Five catches for 40 yards. Of course, he got a touchdown because that's what Tyree Kill does. And we saw Belichick two, uh, last week get Stefan Diggs and kind of stifle Stefan Diggs. I think Miami's going to try to run the football a little bit more this week. They, they had no success running the ball at all against the Eagles as teams are wont to do. Teams don't have success running the ball against the Eagles. So I expect this to be more of a Raheem Mostert game. I also would uh, be keeping my eye on Jalen Waddle, who obviously left that game with back spasms, and we'll see uh, how he's affected going forward uh, in, in this matchup against the Patriots and beyond. Next up, it's the Giants and the Jets. But before that, Joe, if you're feeling good about your fantasy picks, but you're not sure what to eat, just make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to your door. And you know how I roll, Joe. You, you can't just have the food. You got to have something good to wash it down. For me, that's Labatt Blue Lights. Love drinking Labatt Blue Lights. While I'm watching sports with family or friends, living life to the power of we, always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, Jets and Giants. You know, the the Giants kind of move the ball better with Tyrod, I feel like. Yeah. You know what they're doing? They're actually throwing the ball to Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, and like, again, another team. All right, let's throw the ball to our good players. Let's throw the ball to Darren Waller. Give the ball to Saquon. Jalen Hyatt down the field. I wonder how much of this situation is give Daniel Jones as much time as possible. And now oh, we're yeah. going up against a nasty Jet defense. Is this the defense you want to throw Daniel Jones back in there against? I don't know. Like, they should have beaten Buffalo two weeks ago. They do beat the Commanders. And look, it's not like they're putting up a ton of points, but they average five and a half yards of play against the commanders. That's solid. Like you can, you can win games doing that. And Tyrod Taylor's is, is balling right now. Um, Saquon bell cow, like hello back in the end zone. I think he's looked pretty explosive the last couple weeks. Um, so the giants are a Saquon Waller. That's, that's about it for me. Um, for them, because, they're not really throwing the ball to other players with high volume. Jalen Hyatt got five targets. He only caught two of them for 75 yards. He's a speculative ad for sure. But um, I just kind of like what I've seen from their offense. And I'm not sure bringing Daniel Jones uh, back against this Jet defense is the prudent move if that's what they're going to do. I'm sure Brian Dable is sitting there like, hey, look, guys, we're going to play Daniel Jones when he's ready. But this defense with the way Tyrod's playing, and I almost just wonder with Tyrod, is it the fact that he didn't get an opportunity to get shell-shocked behind that offensive line? And he's just kind of going out there and playing his game? I wonder if that's a, a factor as well. But uh, if, if I were the Jets, uh, the Giants, I would start Tyrod in this game. What about the Jets on offense coming off the bye, Joe? All right, so the last time we saw Brees Hall, he was having trouble finding room to run against the Eagles' nasty front seven. Everybody struggles to find room to run for, against Eagles Nasty Front 7. But he still had a huge fantasy game, Ross, because he had five catches for 54 yards. And you'll remember that he had that walk-in touchdown late in the game when the Eagles let him score. Um, 
So the fact that he can produce in a bad matchup is a good sign for this week because he's gotten a great matchup on the ledger with the Giants. No team has given up more adjusted yards before contact per rush attempt over the last five weeks than the Giants. And Brees, before the bye, before the bye, saw the training wheels come off in week six. He played on 68% of their snaps and saw 76% of their backfield expected fantasy points. Both were season highs. This week he gets a glorious matchup. Start him in all formats. Start him in DFS. Brees all goes nuts this week. Bless you. Thank you. Um, I just saw a crazy stat as the Jaguars take on the Steelers, Joe. The Steelers and the Arizona Cardinals are the only two teams that have been outgained in every game so far this year. And the Steelers are four and two. Mike Tomlin magic, baby. It's, Mike Tom- and, and, and Joe, it's like they don't do anything until the fourth quarter yeah. when they turn on like the Pickens machine or whatever. It's wild. Yeah, Pickens out-targeted Deontay Johnson, even in Deontay's uh, return. And Pickens out-targeted Deontay only twice last year. He's now eclipsed a 20% target share in five straight games, and shout-out to Scott Barrett for all these numbers. He's 12th in target share, 5th in yards per route run. Pickens has been awesome this year, and you just haven't noticed it because the Steelers have been outgained in every game this year. Um, but no, George Pickens is like putting up wide receiver one efficiency numbers. So I'd keep rolling with him because the Jaguars are a much better matchup for outside receivers than they are for slot receivers. So I think this is a George Pickens week for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they try to outgain an opponent for the first time this season. On the other side, the the Jaguars seem to be in a pretty good groove. I mean, that was impressive against the Saints defense that I have a pretty high regard for. Yeah, um, since that week one game when everybody was was going goo-goo over, I guess Gaga is the right term, for uh, for Calvin Ridley, he's been out-targeted by Christian Kirk, 51-36. to 36. Um, Kirk has been awesome. He's 13th among all wide receivers in targets and fantasy points per game since week two, um, which obviously is borderline wide receiver one numbers. Um, that being said, I do wonder what happens if Zay Jones gets back in the lineup. Does that give Chris, the Calvin Ridley a little bit more work, Christian Kirk a little bit less? Nonetheless, Christian Kirk's the better fantasy play than Calvin Ridley right now. Eight games down, Joe. Eight more to go. Really looking forward to it on the show. That's so nice. We do it twice. Make sure you subscribe so that you get this podcast shortly after midnight, Thursday morning, you get episode two. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 